0: Brought to you by Roadcaster Pro. Hello and welcome to another edition of Mickey Rock Talk. The discussion podcast where we take a look at the interesting, grandiose career of Philip Andre Rock Jr. Or Sir Eddie Cook, or better known as Mr Mickey Rock. My name is Shane A. Bassett, your host, the movie analyst. And today's movie is one of my favourites. I saw it as a kid. Still like it. I know it has flaws, but we'll get into it. Desperate Hours from 1990. It could have been the house across the street. Hey. How about a kiss? He could have picked the family next door. Bye, Mommy. Michael Bosworth is looking for a place to call home. Just for a few hours. You called about a winter cover for your pool? What? No one's gonna hurt you, okay? You're gonna learn to trust me you have a daughter, May? How did you know her name? She's 15. Nora? Hey! Everything's under control. What do you want? I just want a place to relax. Bosworth is very intelligent, but we also know that he always reverts to violence. <laughs> There's nothing we can do, May. Oh, I'm getting really angry. That gun the kid was carrying is registered to a Nora Cornell on Whitney Drive. Good evening. Attorney Nancy Pryor says it's a miracle. Escape killer Michael Bosworth did not kill her. He's not afraid to die. I'm scared, Dad. You know, I, I really like this family, but you're pushing my patience. Now, I could be inside that house in one minute. We're giving that family a chance. Almost over, Timmy. I got this wacko on my side, so I think I can take him. Desperate Hours. There you go. That is uh, the retro trailer for Desperate Hours 1990. Not to be confused with the 1955 Humphrey Bogart thriller drama, The Desperate Hours, uh, which I've yet to see. I've not watched that movie yet. I know it's a classic and uh, I guess I need to revisit it. I've always known Desperate Hours to be the Mickey Rourke Desperate Hours, not this uh, classic 55 Bogart one. Now, although part of the lineup here includes Sir Anthony Hopkins, uh, Mickey Rourke has top billing in the opening credits, backed by a pretty good composed score by David Mansfield. He's a regular composer of director Michael Cimino, who's the director of uh, this version of Desperate Hours. Uh, Mickey movies such as Year of the Dragon and Heaven's Gate, directed by Michael Cimino also had David Mansfield's scores. And a 1987 movie called The Sicilian, not starring Rourke, but Christopher Lambert. He also did the score for Club Paradise. That was a comedy with Robin Williams, uh, Rick Moranis, Peter O'Toole, Twiggy was in that too, Eugene Levy. Um, But all I can really recall from that movie when it comes to the music was reggae. Uh, on the soundtrack, and uh, although I did like the movie, as I said, uh, reggae I don't really like. It's probably in the lower echelon of music I tend to listen to. Reggae, no thank you. Folk, no thank you. They're the two ones I always go to at the uh, bottom of the barrel if people ask me what sort of music do I like. Now, the Desperate Hours score is constantly impressive. And I'm not just saying that. I really like the vibe uh, it gives the movie. Uh, David Mansfield, he also co-wrote a couple of the uh, pop rock songs that appear in the film uh, by a Massachusetts musical superstar, I guess you could call her, Cindy Bullens. We'll see if we can have a little listen to some of her music from Desperate Hours a little bit later. Now, a brief synopsis on this movie revolves around Michael Bosworth, played by Mickey Rourke. He's an escaped con man, an embezzler. He's on the run from authorities. He bolts out of custody in a courtroom with the help of uh, lawyer Nancy Bryers, played by Kelly Lynch. Uh, she's also been in a, one or two other Mickey Rourke films. And uh, his brother Wally, played by Elias Cotius and uh, a ring-in... Mate called Albert, played by David Morse. Uh, this trio, they take refuge in a house, in a random suburban house, to hide out, to sort of hide out, hide out. Sorry, uh, until they get through Michael's preempted plans. Uh, they come into fruition eventually. Uh, they have to hang out with the un- unsuspecting uh, Cornell family. Uh, and that causes all sorts of internal and external mayhem. The three fugitives then take over the household fully with, uh, I don't know, actual lasting consequences for the family on the home front when moving forward. It gets a little bit uh, emotional and personal. And uh, you see Anthony Hopkins' character, he's been a very naughty boy throughout... Uh, the pre preamble uh, of the film, and uh, that happens to be part of the plot device used. Uh, There we go. As promised, a little bit of uh, Massachusetts musical superstar, Cindy Bullens. Uh, That was a pretty good song, actually. I might play some more of it shortly. It's called Fight For Me off the Desperate Hours soundtrack. I will run through the established ensemble shortly because there's quite a shopping list of good cast members on display here. Um, But let's get straight into Mickey as Michael. You see the back of his head almost immediately at the start of the film after the opening credits. Uh, Then you see smart, smarmy, smooth criminal face uh, not long after. You know there's something running through his mind. Uh, Most of the movie he's wearing uh, designer suits and shirts and ties, even a tuxedo at one point. Uh, He also wears a signature dinner jacket over a singlet look. Uh, He always seems to do that every now and then in movies, uh, and it sort of suits him, I've got to say. Armani, they contributed to Mickey's wardrobe, of course. You'll notice that almost immediately as well because of the classy threads he's wearing. Uh, While Charles DeCaro, he's credited as costumer. Uh, He probably supplied some of the little intricate details and and, um, additions to whatever the cast were wearing. Does Mickey smoke? Well, no, he doesn't. Uh, Significantly, this movie is cigarette-free from memory, and I've seen it many times, so uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Feel free to send me an email. Okay, the cast. Let's begin with Mimi Rogers. Uh, She also appeared in the Mickey Rourke film White Sands. Now, White Sands seems to come up a lot. I like that movie, 1992 film. Uh, I have talked about it. I might talk about it again in another podcast, but uh, check out the White Sands podcast if you want on a previous edition of Mickey Rock Talk. Mimi Rogers was also in Wedlock. I love that movie with Rutger Hauer. Uh, the player, Tree's Lounge. Now, Tree's Lounge is an interesting one, uh, directed and starring Steve Buscemi. Mimi Rogers was also in Lost in Space, the movie version of course, not the classic television series. Mimi Rogers was also once married to Tom Cruise. Yes, uh, I think she was his first wife, actually. Uh, Lindsay Krauss is in this movie now. There's a familiar name. Uh, she plays Brenda Chandler. Uh, she's in Kroll. Do you remember Kroll from the early 80s? A fantasy movie? Oh, terrific. Seek it out if you haven't seen it. I think Umbrella Entertainment have it on Blu-ray in Australia. I'm not sure if it is streaming anywhere else. The Insider, she was in The Insider, Russell Crowe, classic uh, Christopher Plummer, directed by Michael Mann, of course. The Insider starred Lindsay Krauss. Uh, she was in a few episodes of Buffy, uh, also in the 2002 film Cherish, which I really quite liked. Uh, it's an unusual film, but uh, if you like things that are a little wacky and different and funny and bright with a little bit of emotion... Check out Cherish from 2002. Uh, great roller skating scenes in it too. Anthony Hopkins is in this movie, as I said earlier. Sir Anthony Hopkins. Uh, now, Silence of the Lambs was a year after this from memory. I think it was 1991. So he'd won the Oscar after this, not before this. Uh, he's made a million amazing, amazing films like Free Jack and Mission Impossible too. Just kidding. They weren't. Brilliant movies But he appeared in them Actually in Freejack He has a minimal scene But he has a projection Which you can see Supposed to be in Australia I think you can see The opera house In the background Of one of his scenes That's Freejack Nixon Nixon course he was in nixon as nixon uh, shadowlands i like to always recommend people watch that if they like anthony hopkins because not many people have heard of it shadowlands titus was a shakespeare adaptation he popped up in noah of course with russell crowe uh that was a darren aronofsky film who darren obviously directed mickey in the wrestler uh And recently, Anthony Hopkins was in the Westworld television series, which I've really enjoyed. And a movie called Killing Mr. Heineken. There's another movie that a lot of people don't know that Anthony Hopkins was in. And very good film, small release. Uh, Ryan Quanton also stars in that movie, an Australian actor who has uh, appeared with uh, Mickey Rourke and a couple of other movies. So we'll talk about Ryan when we get to blunt force trauma and whatever else. Dean Norris is in Desperate Hours. He plays an FBI agent called Maddox. Dean Norris. Now, come on. Do you know that name? He is in Breaking Bad, of course. And Total Recall. For the sci-fi heads out there, 1990 version of Total Recall, he is in that. Very, very good actor, Dean Norris. Uh, Shawnee Smith. Now, she plays May Oh, Shawnee Smith. If you know 80s and 90s movies, you are got to know Shawnee. Now, a lot of people might remember her from Saw, but before the Saw franchise came summer school, leaving Las Vegas. Yes, she was in that with Nicolas Cage. Who's Harry Crumb? Very funny, very funny indeed. Kind of like John Candy's version of The Naked Gun. Who's Harry Crumb? And female perversions. Shawnee Smith is in that. I've always liked her quite a lot for many years, even in the Soul films, but I do prefer those other films I just listed with Shawnee Smith. Great young actress, uh, just beautiful. And if you see her now, she looks exactly the same. Kelly Lynch is in this movie. Now, Nancy is her character here, and amazingly underrated actor Kelly Lynch. She's so good uh, And always has been for such a long and glowing career. Uh, She's an aura of wonder, really, when you think about Kelly Lynch. My eyes light up. I just have to see her on a video cover, see her on a movie poster, see her anywhere in a magazine or whatever it might be. Kelly Lynch makes my eyes go really wide and glow. I think she's wonderful. Uh, She's also in Passion Play with Mickey Rourke. um, And I mean, she has a lot of cool credits uh a lot of retro classics like roadhouse three of hearts yeah roadhouse with patrick swayze three of hearts was good too uh kaboom that was a good film drugstore cowboy oh i'll never forget seeing that for the first time there's a great blu-ray version of that uh, released on imprint if you want to check out A really really great restored version of Drugstore Cowboy Cocktail. Of course, Kelly Lynch was in Heaven's Prisoners. Now, there's an Alec Baldwin movie that uh, not everybody knows about. Eric Roberts was also in that. And Warm Summer Rain. Now, I spoke about Warm Summer Rain in the nine and a half weeks Mickey Rourke talk episode. Uh, Warm Summer Rain is very hard to find, hard to watch. When I say hard to watch, I mean it is hard to find to watch. Uh, But check it out. I have a VHS copy. It was uh, a movie that was offsetted after nine and a half weeks became very popular because uh, a lot of those sex dramas flowed after nine and a half weeks was such a big hit. Kelly Lynch. I wish I could do a whole tribute on her. I feel like I just did. And Mitch Glazer is married to kelly lynch and he directed passion play uh the daughter is shane lynch That kelly's daughter is shane lynch that's my name too uh she also appeared in passion play uh and more recently the last jewel which was a ridley scott film that kind of came and went at the cinemas but uh it has a second life st- streaming on disney plus the last jewel if you get a chance to watch that one There he is, uh, Mr. Billy Idol. Uh, That was one of the biggest 1990 hits on the billboard on the top 40 chart for 1990, Cradle of Love. And that song featured in the movie The Adventures of Ford Fairlane, Rock and Roll Detective. Uh, Of course, that had Andrew Dice Clay in the lead role and Andrew Dice Clay is good mates with Mickey Rourke and Mickey appeared in the Andrew Dice Clay television series called dice at least one episode maybe two i'm not sure a couple more people in the cast of desperate hours to mention elias kotius uh, this was the same year as his role as casey jones in teenage mutant ninja turtles that's correct he was also in look who's talking and almost an angel now those two movies are on different ends of the spectrum, even though they're both comedies. Uh, Almost an Angel had Paul Hogan in it, of course. Uh, after his success of Crocodile Dundee, he made a couple of other uh, movies, including Flipper and Almost an Angel, uh, 1990, that one. Uh, and that's four movies for Elias in 1990, including Desperate Hours. Pretty good, eh? And Some Kind of Wonderful, I always remember him from a 1987, uh, just a long continuing screen career he has going for himself now. Uh, David Morse, he's in this. He plays Albert. Uh, he was also with, Mick, um, with Sir Anthony Hopkins in Hearts of Atlantis a few years later. Eleven, in fact, with Anthony and he. Uh, he was in Indian Runner, directed by Sean Penn, who is also a good mate of Mickey Rourke. Uh, David Morse, he's another actor who's been around a long time. Uh, the late, great James Rebhorn pops up in Desperate Hours. He was also in White Sands. He made an appearance in that uh, the same year. He popped up in Basic Instinct as well, the same year as in this year, 1990. Uh, he's one of the greats in my world. Um, before he's passing, he did so many awesome movies uh, in small and big roles. Uh, Always remember, always remember him when you see his face, James Rebhorn. Deborah Zane was the casting assistant on Desperate Hours. She's an absolute legend when it comes to top-notch film career casting. It's a name uh, that is popular in Hollywood. Zane, of course, Billy Zane, Lisa Zane, and Deborah Zane, who I believe is not related to those other two Zanes. She's not only a legend; she's often overlooked an overlooked legend. Uh, It's an occupation that a lot of people don't sort of take notice of, unfortunately. Some of the movies that Deborah Zane has contributed casting to are Mickey Rourke film, White Sands. There's that movie again. Uh, The television, well, it was inspired by the movie uh, Get Shorty. She did the casting for that, which is just incredible. There's a great television series about Get Shorty as well. Uh, Fear, now that is an early Mark Wahlberg film and uh, Wally was still known as Marky Mark. So for her to cast him in that movie and look at his career, now he's a terrific actor and he proved it in that movie Fear uh, early in his career with Reese Witherspoon and William Peterson was also in that too from memory. Uh, The Last Seduction, Wag the Dog, American Beauty. These are just more movies that Lisa, uh, sorry, Debra Zane has Done the casting for Oceans 11, 12 and 13 and 8, Pleasantville Uh, and Charlie's Angels, the most recent one with Kristen Stewart, which was uh, actually underrated. Think about some of those ensembles, would you? Unbelievable. And as I said, on a side note, not related to iconic Billie Jane and his sister, Lisa Zane. Uh, I think uh, Deborah Zane is magnificent. Yeah. Yeah. Unless it's a distant, a distant relationship, you never know, or um, not relationship, but family background. Now, I haven't mentioned the director too much as yet. Uh, Oscar winner for uh, the 1979 movie The Deer Hunter, Michael Cimino. Uh, He won uh, Best Director and it won Best Picture, The Deer Hunter. Uh, Good movie, but a tough watch. Uh, it's a movie I put into the category Tough Watch. He directed Mickey three times, actually. Uh, Desperate Hours, of course. Heaven's Gate. Uh, this was a notorious flop and will be discussed in a future episode of Mickey Rourke Talk. Uh, and Year of the Dragon. He directed that. Uh, I loved both of those. I actually really like all three movies that he directed Mickey in. Um, They must have had a really loyal, uh, and of trust and, and understanding because I think I recall Mickey in a rare interview once, uh, talking up his fondness of Michael on set as a filmmaker, as a person, you know, um, was it true though? I mean, in all three movies combined, it looks like it is, they have a really good chemistry. Um, they're all different, all effective. Yeah. I think Michael Cimino, the late, great Michael Cimino, he and Mickey did have a great friendship and understanding. But who knows, unless you talk to Mickey himself, that is going to be something that um, won't get answered, I assume. Look, I saw Desperate Hours at the cinema. Yes, that long ago uh, at a complex in Sydney in George Street. I was there last night, actually. Uh, I saw the new Scream movie. I also own a really good VHS copy, good quality, and a DVD of it. Uh, It is not on Blu-ray as far as I know at the moment, and uh, the MGM DVD has no extras or bonus features. Uh, It is streaming on Stan in Australia, but uh, I'm not sure where else in the world you can watch it. I'm pretty sure it'll be readily available. So there is a Sydney Bullens and uh, formerly known as Cindy Bullens, a fantastic Massachusetts singer. She, he is amazing. And that song breaking the chain was part of the desperate hours soundtrack, but you got to listen carefully to hear it. That is for sure. Some of the, uh, some of the things that I want to talk about at this movie that is worth noting Mickey as Michael. Well, He's seems to always be the smartest guy in the room and as the tension builds, Mickey and Sir Anthony have some staggering confrontations. Uh, I think it's pretty obvious that these two are brilliant actors bouncing off each other at work. I mean, Mickey's notoriously known for, um, you know, pretty much being by himself at, on movie sets. Uh, who knows what happened, uh, if they got to know each other or not. Mickey as Michael is, a, is he's just a manipulator, uh he has some good scenes with all the family members actually. Uh Elias Cotius, the connection that he has with him as his brother. Uh that's definitely a highlight. Uh also Kelly Lynch. Uh it's pretty obvious that her admiration for Rourke is out there for all to see. You can just tell. Um, their friends and professional actors giving it all, even back then, because this was long before Passion Play. Uh, You briefly see Kelly Lynch's character uh, uh, in Nancy's apartment, which is just a picture of pure 80s design. Absolutely loved her apartment in this. I wish we spent more time there. Um, Some other things. So Anthony's character is holding a baseball bat at one point, which is a gift to his son, Zach. Uh, It comes back later in the film. Uh, Speaking of Zach, uh, he's the weakest in the movie, unfortunately. Uh, The child actor is not good, all and i mean there are some really good child actors out there that are impressive uh, and go on to big careers but uh, i unfortunately have to say that uh, this child actor does not make an impression on me in desperate hours and i've seen the film at least 30 odd times over the last 30 years uh so anthony's accent is all over the place his american accent too often to take it seriously but honestly uh who cares it's anthony hopkins uh, and there's editing problems throughout. It's just jumpy. I mean, there might have been some scenes deleted, but the jump cuts are all too apparent at times. David Morse's character, Albert, is annoying. He's docile. I know he's meant to be, but it's very tricky to like that guy at all. And, and yeah, interesting character development from David Morse there as Albert. What else? Well, there's a quote Uh, by Mickey as Michael. And it is, the man is not a gentleman unless he can make a proper martini and tie a real bow tie. To me, that sounded a bit Bond, James Bond. Or arrogance, you be the judge. I did notice recently for the first time watching this movie, when I say for the first time, it is the first time I noticed something that I hadn't noticed before, and that was Green Carpet. On the stairs in the house. Very interesting. Uh, Yes, of course, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are green and Elias Kodias, as I mentioned, was also in that film the same year as this. Often Michael uh, is calm. He's seemingly nice, but he proves that he means business. Uh, He shoots a visiting real estate agent point blank at one point and he also busts up a Sony Walkman. Now, I mean, now they're vintage, but uh, it was horrific to look at this Sony Walkman get crushed. It may have been a fake one, just used as a prop for the movie, but it looked real to me. One of the cool things that uh, I might mention is the Utah scenery. Wow, Wowee. Uh, honestly, this is especially cool in the opening stanza. The cinematography is broad, it's glorious, it's captured by Doug Milsom. Uh, He also worked on If Looks Could Kill, which is a very underrated Richard Grieco comedy, spy teen comedy. I think it was called Teen Agent at one point. Uh, But If Looks Could Kill, he also did the cinematography uh, Breakdown, which was a great thriller. Another one of those really good thrillers that came out in that era of good thrillers in the 90s. Kurt Russell in Breakdown. And Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, Uh, He did the cinematography on that, Doug Milsom, and more. But the cinematography in this is definitely worth noting. Uh, Some really nice shots around the countryside when they're outside of the house, of course. Uh, Is Mickey suited to the role? Yes. Could Mickey have played another role, any other role in the film? Maybe the man of the house, Anthony Hopkins. Um, But part of his connection with Mimi would... You know, I think it'd still work. I, I do think you believe more of Anthony Hopkins having uh, been in trouble with Mimi Rogers's character, his wife, because he'd been playing up on her and cheating on her. So yeah, no, I do think that's probably the only role that Mickey could, could have played. I don't, I wouldn't have wanted to see him as one of the um, other criminals helping the main character out, Michael. Um, But as Michael Bosworth, he is custom made. Like I said, I couldn't imagine anyone else playing this role. And the director obviously probably wrote it for him, wanted him in it. Um, it's perfect. And did I like it then? Like I like it now? I think so. Uh, I still think it's worth a watch. I enjoyed it and it, and it made an impression on me, obviously, when I first saw it and it still does now. It's a it's a typical crime mystery thriller with some decent action in it, lots of really good dialogue, but be warned, there's some jump cuts in there that I think they've shortened scenes or something. You know, it pans out to almost a, a, a perfect 90-minute film, uh, and it's a lower-budget fil- film. The set, sets are good, but, you know, minimal, and that's okay. It's the cast here that are the most impressive and the cinematography and this music, of course, to everything about it. So desperate hours, Mickey Rourke talk edition is over. Thank you very much for joining me again. My name is Shane A Bassett. You can find me, uh, Google my name, or you can uh, look me up on social media at movie underscore analyst, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, YouTube channel I think it's Shane Adam Bassett movie analyst I've got a lot of interviews and I'm looking at doing some other things on the YouTube channel see who I've had a chat to over the last few months uh, and there'll be another edition of Mickey Rock talk coming up soon we'll be doing the informers and blunt force trauma so I'll have a double feature on the way long live Mickey Rock. bye for now